0: As we approach Psalm 116, this hymn is really written celebrating God's deliverance in the psalmist's life. This psalm is written in such a way that he has going through some very difficult circumstances, and now the psalmist is writing this awesome song saying, I am so thankful for your deliverance. I am so thankful for what you've done in my life, and it's really this wonderful prayer and this thanksgiving. It's a psalm that is written that is, as many of you in this room have read many times, it's a very personal psalm. And the psalmist refers to himself some 37 times in 16 verses. It's a very personal psalm, which means he is putting himself in it. And Although we would say, okay, so he mentions himself... 16 times and only three verses This he he doesn't so many times we'll look at it and say well this seems to be a, a, a very preoccupation of self this seems to be self-absorbed we would look at this psalm we'd read it for the first time we'd say Man, this guy's kind of in love with himself he mentions himself a lot but we understand that's not the case at all in fact he mentions jehovah god 15 times so He is putting himself into the song and he is talking about how he is overwhelmed with the God that he serves. Now, I'm going to move quickly for just a moment. So, buck your sleep out and watch this just for a moment. Understand that many times, for those of you who have been in church for, uh, let's say, a couple years and for many in this room, maybe even decades, there is this tendency that we can have, I myself included, now watch, that we can have... That is, we can kind of, well, we can kind of fall into this rut. This rut that we often preach about other religions that we despise about them. But oftentimes we ourselves are guilty of growing up in a bubble or growing up in a circle or growing up in a church where where we've kind of lost our touch when it comes to the things of God. We come in, and, and we run through, and we know even on a Saturday night, we're going to sing three songs, pastor's going to have a prayer, and then this guy's going to come up and preach. We'll dismiss a word of prayer, boom, we're out. What is it? We become very scheduled. You and I become very religious. You and I can get into this habit of being mundane, bored, and I'll just put it this way. If we're not careful, even in this place, we'll become very stagnant. We're used to God. We're used to the songs. We're used to the stand up, sit down, take an offering. Let's roll missions conference. with its just the hullabaloo of ministry to where oftentimes we have lost that wow factor of God. But understand that in this psalm, what I love about it is the psalmist is bringing out that he has not lost his wow factor with the Lord Jesus Christ. He has not—he has not come to this place where he is. Bored with Christianity, he is born, uh, bored with, with religion, he's bored with the things of God. You know what he's bringing out and is going to show us through this passage tonight <laughs> is that he loves the wow factor of God. Yes. Look at verse number one, if you would, with me. The Bible says this, I love the Lord because he hath heard my voice. My supplications, verse number two says, because he hath inclined his ear unto me, therefore will I call upon him as long as I live. You and I have to comprehend tonight that although this was written many years ago, this is still very applicable for you and I tonight. Aren't you thankful that Jesus always hears you and I? Aren't you thankful this evening that you and I have a God that said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee? For may I put it this way tonight, you and I live in a world where everybody seems to be hurting. This is not a Jacksonville or a Florida thing, this is a, across our globe, there are people that are hurting, there are people that are very lonely. In fact, Pastor, I'm sure you read it as well, but last month the BMA House Journal quoted that suicide rates Are up in the past three years 145% in our country. You know what that shows you and I? That there are those that are hurting, there are those that are looking. There are those that are saying, "I need help. There are those that are that are searching for something to fill this void in their life. There are those that are that are out there that are saying, "Man, I am trying to uh, to climb a corporate ladder and it 's not bringing me joy I'm trying to find happiness in all the Disney ways and it's not helping. I am trying to build a family or i'm trying to find friends or I, i'm just trying to find something that is going to help me in my life And the sad thing is that over and over again they're striking out they can't find happiness they're not finding joy they're not finding something that is going to give them peace but my friend may I say this evening that for you and I we know what real joy is you and I know what real peace is you and I know what real help is you and I listen this evening if you're saved tonight you and I have the answer (laughs) I'm sorry does that not excite you because it excites me you and i have the answer can i put it put it in, in in a way that you and i can comprehend let me let me just say it like this jesus is the answer his title is answer his title is solution His title is the author and finisher, the beginning and the end. He is the fullness of the Godhead in bodily form. He is the solution. He is everything that you and I need. And yet, think about this, he calls himself the great I am, and yet he listens. Hey, am I the only one that wants to shake my fellow Americans who follow Jesus or claim to follow Jesus and say why are our opinions so big and, and, and our, our learning so small? What happened to us along the way? Why is it that we feel like we have to know everything and we have to be right? And well, It's our little bubble or it's our little circle or it's our little click or it's our little Bible college. You no, know, friend, it's not about you and I tonight. It is all about the God in heaven that created you and I. You and I have that answer. The Bible says in Matthew 11, 28 come unto me all ye that labor and are heavy laden check out what he says and i will give you rest anybody tired tonight raise your hand anybody too tired to raise your hand (laughs) yeah i hear you pastor sams is right raising five kids is not for the weak let me tell you man i'm tired he's like man how'd it go get on an airplane at four o'clock in the morning and flying down here Compared to raising five kids, I feel like I'm at Disney World right now. This is wonderful. <laughs> like you pray for my wife more than you pray for me tonight. Poor Angie, my lens. I mean, I'm just uh, is some. Is there, there, there's going to be people like Mrs. Sam's at the front of the line in heaven. You with me tonight, man? These what y'all put up with? Uh, let's just keep. Let's just get back to the Bible. How about that? Everybody, look with me at verse number three. The Bible says this. Verse number three. The sorrows of death compassed me, and the pains of hell got hold upon me. I found trouble and sorrow. Fred, can I tell you this evening? We're humans. You and I have those hard times. We're down. We're depressed. We're hard. I think it was somebody lied when they said that, that Christians could not become depressed. Let me tell you something, friend. Depression is out there and it's very real. Discouragement is all around us. We as Christians are not exempt from bad circumstances. You and I go through those times when we need somebody who will carry us and it is those times that I'm not sure who you are this evening that maybe you're struggling maybe you're going through a hard time maybe you're, you're, you're having a difficult moment it's, 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 it's this circumstance of, uh, of stage 4 cancer it's this circumstance of, uh, of I can't pay this bill it's this circumstance of politics it's the circumstance of family it's, I, I'm not sure what it is but in these moments here's what the psalmist is saying I have trouble I have found trouble it seems to be in all four corners and it's closing in on me and in these moments we must ask ourselves are our problems bigger than God or is God bigger than our problems I feel like at these moments what the psalmist is telling us is that our biggest problem is that you and I during these circumstances have a very small view of God and the Bible says in John 16 and verse number 33 these things have I spoken unto you that you might have peace in the world you'll have tribulation but when you have this tribulation be of good cheer what does that mean put a smile on your face who can say that be of good cheer here's what Jesus said because I I have overcome the world. That means see us, you and I have to at times step back and watch what God can do. Yeah. Right. Right. It's difficult circumstances. A pastor took me by about probably an hour ago, the old building that y'all used to be in before this building. Now, let me tell you, when I look at what God brought you from and now being in this gorgeous facility, that, that is not a Brian Sams thing. That is a God thing. It's not an Aaron Chan thing. That's a God thing. Sure, he used these men to orchestrate it. But let me tell you, it, that, that I'm sure it was not just, hey, this is easy, and boy, the, the bank just agrees, and we got millionaires in our church that just gave. Boy, we just sat back, relaxed, and got over here. No, I'm sure you found trouble. But
1: in those moments is when we find God. Look at verse number four. It says, then I called upon the name of the Lord. Oh Lord... I beseech thee, deliver my soul.
0: You see, the best answer to our problems, the psalmist is saying, is prayer. If you only pray when you're in trouble, friend, you're in big trouble. If, you're, if your prayer and calling to God is only when you need Him, friend, you, you don't understand. It was Corey Tenboon that said, Any concern too small to be turned into a prayer is too small to be made into a burden pray yeah. it was benjamin franklin not exactly the greatest christian but he said work as if you were to live a hundred years pray as if you were to die tomorrow now here's the problem now, let me pause here for just a moment now, I, I get what time it is and it, my goal was not to go long tonight but i want you i want you to concentrate and just hear me out if we got real we can hear some cool quotes <laughs> we can we can approach the scripture great good Pray when you're in trouble. Thanks, Brother Shepherd, traveling all these miles to tell us
1: <laughs> what we already knew. All right, so I get it. The problem is, Pastor, we pray while coming up with our own plans. You ever been there?
0: Oh, brother, let me just tell you, guilty right here. I'm the best at it. I, I need a miracle, God. I need you to work. I'm going to fast. I'm going to pray. And God, I'm, I'm going to get on my knees. I'm just going to beg you, God, let this happen. But here's Thomas. The Thomas Shepherd comes out. The flesh comes out. But God, if, if I were you, here, here's, what, here's what I'd do. I'm not telling you, God, what to do. Right now, you pray for us. We We've got a, a a bus that went down. I got to buy a bus, and and the buses of yesteryear are not really available. It's going to be two hundred fifteen thousand dollars for this bus. Yeah. And here's my plan. Here here's my prayer. God, we need two hundred fifteen thousand dollars. We we got to buy this bus. We got to have it. Lord, I just want you to work. And God, I'm not going to tell you what to do. But but brother Smith, I just won to the Lord. And and God, he's still playing the lottery. I'm just I'm saying. I'm just saying it be your will, your will be done. Let them win just one more time, baby. <laughs> and all God's people said, "No, I'm just show I just Chuck. I just."
1: <laughs> you can have faith, or you can have control, but you cannot have both. If
0: you want God to do something off the chart you have to take your hands off the controls and start praying. The Bible says, come boldly before the throne of grace. That's approaching God. That's coming to Him boldly. That's calling out to His name. No, the psalmist said, hey, I'm in all this trouble. Man, man, this is not looking good, but here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to beseech the Lord. I'm going to call out to Him. Look at verse number 5. Gracious is the Lord and righteous yea our God is merciful the Lord preserveth the simple I was brought low and he helped me return unto thy rest O my soul for the Lord hath dealt watch what it says here bountifully with thee for thou hast delivered my soul from death mine eyes from tears and my feet from failing. I will walk, verse number 9, I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. I believe, therefore, have I spoken. I was greatly offended. I said in my haste, watch what he said, all men are liars. Wow, hold on, watch, check out this for just a moment. Look what God is doing in his life. he starts this whole string of sentences by starting out by saying that God is gracious to him. Can I, can I... Can I just have your attention in this area? Do you and I even realize how gracious God is to us? Do we even begin to comprehend, as the psalmist said here, the mercy that he bestows upon our lives? Friend, I'm beginning to think the more and more that I stand behind the pulpit, that this life is so much more of a mystery than it is not. And yet you and I sit in auditoriums like this and we pretend like we're the captain of our own ships. Like you and I are the one behind the steering wheel. Hold on, watch now. Are you, you and I kidding ourselves? No, our whole life is grace and nothing but grace. What color are your eyes? Did you check that box before you were born? No, our whole life is grace. I want blue eyes. I, I want to be six foot one and I want to be 165 pounds. You missed that one, God. I I want I, I want to be this. No, no, no. Hold on. You and I have to realize it's all about God. And yet you and I are created in his image. So therefore, maybe it's time to stop creating God in our image and let him create us in his. He gives us that mercy. He gives us that rest. He gives us that grace. Hold on, I don't even have time to un- unveil these verses or unwrap it. But let's put it this way. If you're thankful for God's grace, mercy, and peace and rest, yeah. would you say amen yeah. tonight? Right. Right. Like I could end the message right there. No amens. Shh, no, no, there's, I'm not going to end it. But we, we literally could, I, I could fall on an altar right now just thanking him for all that. Right.
1: Yes, sir. What a God. Yes. <laughs> then we come to verse number 12. Look at it with me. What shall I render unto the Lord for all his benefits towards me? Well, Brother Thomas, what what are those benefits?
0: Uh, Were you asleep? It's, It's 11 verses of what he's given us and done for us. And the psalmist pauses and says... So what can I give?
1: What can I pay? What can I do? I've often thought how silly we must look to God trying to impress him. Pastor, I'm guilty. Look at the pulpit I preached in. How foolish. Look what I wore to church. (laughs) Okay. Congratulations. Look look at the front line I sang on. I got good enough to sing with Angie Sams. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, congratulations. Because God said he made all the morning stars sing.
0: Look at the ministry that (laughs) this guy built.
1: <laughs> oh, he created the billions of universes that hang in the sky. Hey, here's the psalmist. Look what he did for me. What am I going to render to him? What, what, what?
0: I'm sorry, teenager. Are you so awesome? And, dude, I saw Brent up here playing
1: the guitar. The dude can play, he's amazing. But is that really what we're going to brag about? What do you and I tonight have to give God?
0: What can we do? Well, there are several things in this passage, and we'll go through them quickly and we'll be done, that you and I can do. Number one, would you think about this? We can accept his salvation. Look at verse number 13. I will take the cup of salvation and call upon the name of the Lord. Now, I, I want to approach this in a different way because it's Saturday night and, and we could just immediately approach this as salvation. We, we could go right to it. But it's not necessarily, it's not really a Sunday morning. So, so let's say it like this. At times there have been in my life, and, and I'm sure the other pastors that are in here, Pastor Chan was in here earlier, Pastor Chan, that, that we are, uh, I'm going to put it this way, where we are worried about getting everybody to love Jesus. Like, it has been a, a real concern of mine. I, I got to get, get everybody to love God. This, this is so horrible to say. I might even said it at the couples conference. I can't remember, but it, I, I'm ashamed to say it. I literally used to live a life uh, as a young preacher in West Virginia. I became pastor at 26, and, and I felt like it was my, God, my job to know everybody's love status with God. And it was, it was, it was my job. And here's how I did it. <laughs> uh, who's at Sunday school? A- and who, who, can, who, three to thrive? Who's at Sunday morning, Sunday night? Wednesday night. Who's tithing? Who's singing in the choir? And, and I used to go up in this office that I had. You remember that office? And it overlooked a parking lot. That's a, just a dumb idea. And, and I'd sit there, and I'd go to Sunday school, and in between I'd be getting mic'd up, and I'd just... Just <laughs> so so stupid. And I would I would move the blinds to where I could look at, at look out at my little kingdom coming in. And I'm sitting there getting all mic'd up and getting ready to go. And I'm looking at everybody and I'm saying, there's one of my deacons missing Sunday school. You gotta be kidding me. Hey, uh, well, I know that here come the Jones. Marriage problems, they could have used Sunday school this morning. You think your marriage is going to get right? I think not. And I'm sitting up here worried about everybody's love status with God. Now, Now, hold on, hold on. My job, understand this, is not to let them know what their love status is. My job is to let them know that there is a God in heaven that loves them. And when they realize that love, all of life becomes about what you and I are going to do with that extraordinary, unearned, unconditional zeal and, and this incredible love that God has for you and for me. So when that person says, well, I just hate God, well, the good news is he loves you. Yeah. Yes. I'm just so mad at God, man, he loves you. Well, I, I just, I just, I just don't think that he exists. Well, he's up there, and he gave his only begotten Son for you and for me. You and I can accept His Son and realize the incredible love that God has bestowed upon us. What can I do? You and I, first of all, can accept his salvation. Number two, we can pay our vows. Look at verse number 14. I will pay my vows unto the Lord now in the presence of all his people. You and I may say, man, I promised God I was going to do this. I just promised God I was going to uh, uh, try to read through the Bible in a year. And I promised God that I wasn't going to get in this sin anymore. And, 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 and I've just made so many promises. To be honest with you, Brother Shepherd. It, it just really, it's not working out for me. You ever been there before? You ever had a sin that just keeps creeping back in? That pride you, you you laid it at the altar, that bitterness. I'm just not gonna think about this person anymore. I'm just like, I'm just gonna be over it. God, here it is, I give it to you. And they walk in at work and it comes right back. It's mad, angry. You ever been in a place before where it's where, where that pride keeps coming back in, where that where that, that habitual sin, that habit, man, I'm over it, I'm done, I give it to God. But then then you smell that alcohol and you just want it. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just, I'm done, God, here it is, I give it to you. And yet that pornography keeps sneaking back in, and that device keeps getting, yeah, yeah, hold on, hold on, listen now, have you and I ever been there where we just keep failing? Man, I vow to God, I'm I'm never going to do this again, and then, man, we fall, and then, and I'm never going to do it again, and yet, then we fall. Hold on, listen now, before you and I just totally give up, you're, you're not a failure because you failed, you're a failure when you give up. The Bible says in Proverbs, a just man falleth seven times again and riseth up, but the wicked fall into mischief. Well, I, I, I Brother Shepherd, this is good for everybody else, but I just have so many problems. I just have so many sins. I, ca- I can never play the piano. I can never be part of a welcome team. I, I, I can never be in ministry again. I, I, I can never serve in a nursery. I, can, I, I just have too many problems. Pastor, I really believe this, that one of the most paralyzing mistakes we make is thinking that our problems somehow disqualify us from being used of God. But let me put it like this. If God has the power to save you, He has the power to forgive you. Done. Gone. past. That means this. It's over. It's forgotten. And you and I must remember tonight that the goal is not holiness. The goal is not faith. The goal is not standards. The goal is not making everybody happy. The goal is Jesus Christ. And when you and I realize that it's not about going through life and trying not to offend and trying to make somebody happy and trying to live up to somebody's standards and trying to live up to their preference and and trying not to sin and all the fear that God's going to somehow punish us. Noah, when we realize we have a God that loves us and wants to use us and wants to be there for us, friend, that's when our life changes from mundane to, oh, what a God we serve. What a God we have. And I'll pay my vows. I'll rest in his assurance. Look at verse number 15. <laughs> Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. That means you and I are resting in him. You and I are not worried. Let me, again, I'm moving fast and I'm almost done. But let me say, friend, with everything that's going on, I don't know if anybody's seen the news lately. Israel's in a war. I was supposed to go with your pastor this next month. Angie, aren't you bummed over that? Like, I mean, our trip is now, you did tell your church you were going, right? Okay, I didn't let that out of the bag. Okay, it's like, just kidding. Okay, but we were going to go to Israel, and now that's canceled. Israel's in a war. Anybody seen gas prices lately? I don't know about you, but I kind of missed 2019. That's gas prices. Eggs are ridiculous, bread's ridiculous, groceries. Buy groceries for seven people and and, and
1: tell me it's not cheap. It's expensive. The cool thing about our Savior is it doesn't matter.
0: (laughs) It gets all quiet. It's like, what do you mean it doesn't matter? Of course it matters. My 401k is in the tank. We got this guy who thinks he's president, he's not president. We got this person over here and listen, this is not a democrat, republican. I'm just saying, friend, we're in a, we're in a lot of trouble. But but <laughs> uh, Let me ask you, where are you going to be in 100 years? I'm not going to be here. And most likely, no one in this room is. I'll rest in his assurance that when he said he'll save us, he saved us. And this world is not our home. You and I are only here for a little while. We're we're man, we're coasting. They said, well, we're, we're going home very soon. Yeah. Yeah. Let me encourage you tonight. We know who wins. Yeah. And it's not Hamas.
1: That's right. Man.
0: And it's not the Democrats or the Republicans. It's the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Yeah. I will rest in his assurance, but not only that, I will serve him. Look at verse number 16, we're almost there. O Lord, truly I am thy servant. I am thy servant and the son of thine handmaid. Thou hast loosed my bonds. <laughs> he says, O Lord, I am thy servant. What can you and I do? We can serve him. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 6 20, for ye are bought with the price therefore glorify God in your body and in spirit which are God's. That means this: you and I have been bought with the price. We are not our own. You and I are here not to serve self, not to serve others. Yes, that comes with it, but you and I ultimately are here to serve the king. You and I are here to serve uh, Jesus. Uh, hold on, hold on. This is where we're going to break it down just for a moment because here's, here's what I'm hearing often all the time everywhere i go including our church right there in indianapolis well pastor that's good i really would do that pastor chan boy i'm I'm telling you i I would serve the lord but i've just i've been really hurt i don't know this church but i'm telling you they're hurting people in here you've been hurt by family You've been hurt by circumstances. You've been hurt by a church, a pastor, a deacon, a Sunday school teacher. There are people in this room that that for some reason that they are in this mode of, I know God's coming back. I'm saved. I'll attend church, but I can't serve him. And the reason I can't serve him is that I have, I have deep cuts when it comes to
1: Christendom, when it comes to religion, when it comes to church. Now, now hear me out for a moment. We have to, at this point, start thinking about forgiveness. When you and I are forgiven, that's when we learn how to forgive. Your pastor could testify if you asked me tonight on the spot, but Thomas, you ever been hurt before? <laughs> yeah. No, really, really. Brother Shepard, have you ever been hurt? Yes. Deeply. There's been those moments in my life, and I'm sad to say, on a great Saturday night crowd, some of the deepest cuts I've had have been from other brothers and sisters in Christ. And it hurt. Man, did it hurt. You may be sitting here tonight, and you're waiting to serve God because you, like me,
0: have been hurt and stabbed in the back. You were treated wrong. You were abused. You have a situation, and you're saying, Brother Shepherd,
1: good for you, but I don't know if I can overcome it. <laughs> you may be sitting here, and you say, Brother Shepherd, how did you overcome How do you stand in a pulpit?
0: How did you uh, overcome those who hurt you or, or, or spoke ill of you or your family, and especially your wife? How do you overcome something like this? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Listen now. I don't think you understand. It's nothing that I learned from a podcast or a TED Talk or some leadership conference or a convention. I met a man named Jesus. And he said, I won't hold your sin against you, Thomas. And if you come to me, I'll forgive you and I'll love you and I'll choose you and i call you by name and I have a plan for your life and I have a step for you to take. And when I looked into his eyes and realized what he offered me it's set in motion that I am by definition a forgiver it's what I do because it is what I have received and when I realize that Christ is not following me around with this notebook of all the times that I've transgressed against him or hurt him, he doesn't have his little booklet out of all the times that I failed him, then why on earth would I get out my little notebook with others in the times that they've hurt me, in the times that they've stabbed me in the back, in the times that they have failed me. Noah, I'm a forgiver because I realized what Jesus did on the cross when he cried out, it is finished. Therefore, I know, hey, no matter what comes in life, no matter how many times I've been offended, no matter what they say about my family, I'm not serving them. I'm serving the lion of the tribe of Judah. I'm serving him. If you're sitting here tonight, I want to help you tonight. Get up and move on for Jesus. I don't think we're allowed to say the word idiot from behind the pulpit, but I'm just going to say,
1: those idiots will always be there. Yeah, that's right. Let them go. That's good. Forgive and move on. Well, they didn't, say, they didn't say, I get it. But Jesus said, I'll take your sin and separate as far as the east is from the west. I'll serve him. But lastly tonight, I will thank And praise Him. Look at verse number 17.
0: I will offer to thee the sacrifice of thanksgiving. (laughs) I will call upon the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows unto the Lord now in the presence of all His people. In the courts of the Lord's house. In the midst of thee, O Jerusalem. Watch what he says here.
1: Praise Ye, the Lord. Hey. Yeah. Wow. Verse number one through eleven says, "Here's what he's done. Here's what he's done. Here's what he's done. Here's what he's done. All the way through. Verse number twelve. What do I render unto the Lord? My life was in shambles. Psalm so the walls are closing in. Yeah. Death had me in its grip.' Right. So I'm going to finish out by just complaining.
0: No. He finishes out the entire psalm by saying, I'm just going to praise the yeah. Lord. <laughs> good. Yeah.
1: Yeah. When this church begins to realize,
0: no matter what we're going through, right. together as a family, yeah, we're going to hit our knees yeah. and we're just going to thank him come on. and praise him. Come on. It will be the beginning of a transformation for the people inside these walls and people outside these walls. And friend, I don't know what you're going through tonight. And if you're going through a hard time, I'll be the first to say, I'm sorry. But in the moment of your crisis, right now, is the time to say, thank you. Thank you for my salvation. Thank you for this church. Right. Thank you for our preacher. Amen. Thank you that souls are still getting saved yeah. and baptized. Thank you that you've given me another chance and another chance and another chance That's good. and another chance. That's good. What if we start out tonight by rendering to God what is already his. And that is, cut the religion. Stop with the looking at the watch. Let's hit an old-fashioned altar.
1: Yeah.
0: Let's just start giving him praise mm-hmm. and thanking him. Mm-hmm. It's an old hymn back in the day. Pray you might remember. Count your blessings, name them one by one. You remember that song? What I love about that hymn, we haven't sang that in a long time, probably singing here soon. It says, and it will surprise you what the Lord hath done. All right. All right. So when you and I get up here and we say, God, thank you. Lord, I praise your name. All of a sudden, the bitterness starts going away. Come Come the on. pride is put aside. Who cares what the doctor or anesthesiologist said? Who cares what Bill is sitting on the kitchen counter when we make it about God? We begin to feel Mm. (sighs) the relief and the total peace Mm. of God. Mm. How do we impress God? What do we have to render unto Him? Oh, the psalmist hit it tonight. And maybe it's time we hit our knees and start talking to our Savior. With every head bowed and with every eye closed and no one looking around tonight. Every head bowed and with every eye closed, no one looking around tonight. This evening, I'm going to hand this part of the service over to Pastor.
1: And I'm hoping this evening that tonight is the first step we take in rendering unto God what is.